This morning we are continuing on in our sermon series, Up Close and Personal with Jesus. We're following in the footsteps of Jesus through the book of John. And as we follow along, we come to see how the gospel of John reveals who Jesus is to us. The book of John is known for its use of metaphor and symbolism as part of this revelation of Jesus. Our scripture reading for today comes after two major signs in the gospel. The first is the feeding of the 5,000, where a large crowd has gathered on the mountain with Jesus and Jesus and the disciples come to realize that there is no food to feed this huge crowd. And the disciples bring a youth to Jesus who has five barley loaves and two fish. And Jesus takes this food and it becomes enough to feed this whole crowd with leftovers even. And then immediately following this, the disciples are crossing a lake in a boat and there's wind and rough water, and they get scared, and Jesus appears to them walking on the water, and he says, I am. Don't be afraid. And as he says this, the boat comes safely to shore. Each of these signs have a part in revealing who Jesus is, revealing his true nature. And then today's reading picks up on the next day after the feeding of the 5,000 and the night with the walking on water. And you'll hear about the people that remained after the feeding on the other side of the lake. So these people that are still there, they've been fed, and they notice that the disciples are gone, that Jesus is gone, and they go to find Jesus to have a conversation with him about who he is. Within this conversation, you'll hear a lot about manna. That is that bread from heaven that came up in the Exodus account. So now let us listen to the word of God. The reading is from John 6 verses 22 to 40 from the Common English Bible. The next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the lake realized that only one boat had been there. They knew Jesus had not gone with his disciples, but that the disciples had gone alone. Some boats came from Tiberias near the place where they had eaten the bread over which the Lord had given thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I assure you that you are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate all the food you wanted. Don't work for the food that doesn't last, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the human one will give you. God the Father has confirmed him as his agent to give life. 
they asked, what must we do in order to accomplish what God requires? Jesus replied, this is what God requires, that you believe in him whom God sent. They said, what miraculous sign will you do that we can see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus told them, I assure you, it wasn't Moses who gave the bread from heaven to you, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, Sir, give us this bread all the time. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I told you that you have seen me and still don't believe. Everyone whom the Father gives to me will come to me, and I won't send, anyone, send away anyone who comes to me. I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the one who sent me, that I won't lose anything he has given me, but I will raise it up at the last day. This is my Father's will, that all who see the Son and believe in him will have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. This is the word of the Lord. So the scripture account opens with this crowd discovering that Jesus has left and wondering where he went since he didn't go in the boat. And as I started to work with this scripture, really dig into it, I started to feel a little bit sorry for this crowd. Partly because some of the commentaries I read take this tone Oh, what a bunch of dummies, this crowd following Jesus just for food, when they should know better, don't they know who he is? And I thought, well, yeah, you know, if I was a hungry person, as many of the people who were listening to Jesus were, they were working just from day-to-day survival, or even if I wasn't a hungry person, but I was present when someone took five loaves of bread and two fish and turned it into enough food to feed 5,000 people, I might want to go see if he could do it again, especially if I was hungry. I mean, that just is good sense. But Jesus takes this moment when the crowd comes and finds him and turns it into a deeper teaching moment where he uses bread and physical hunger as a metaphor for spiritual nourishment. And in order to understand Jesus's metaphor, his words about the bread of life, we have to remember the Exodus story of the manna from heaven, this bread substance that came down in the wilderness 
If you remember in Exodus, Moses led the Israelites from Egypt out into the desert or the wilderness. And at one point they get hungry and they start to grumble. And they grumble about how maybe it was better back in Egypt when they were slaves because at least they weren't hungry. They could sit by the flesh pots and eat their fill. And in answer, God sends quail each night and manna each morning for them, this bread-like substance that comes as the dew. And they are instructed to gather only enough for what they need each day, except for the day before the Sabbath when they gather enough for two days so they can keep that commandment not to work on the Sabbath. But some of the Israelites try to gather more so that they are sure and feel secure that they have enough. They gather more of this manna. But what happens is that it gets rotten and wormy and really gross. Can't be kept. And I think this gathering of manna day by day is part of an act of faith. Trusting that there will be enough the next day. That God would provide for the daily needs in the wilderness. And that this provision is a sign of God's continuing presence and God's goodness. So this crowd following Jesus knows this account. It's the story of their ancestors and their culture. And it comes to mind as Jesus is talking. And when he, sa he says, don't work for the food that doesn't last, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the human one, sometimes translated as the son of man, Jesus in his humanness, will give you. God the Father has confirmed him as his agent to give life. This food that doesn't last can bring to mind manna, that literal food. It didn't last. It was just there each day. But that food that endures is spiritual food, a substance that will endure. And in hearing this, the crowd says, well, what must we do to accomplish what God requires? To me, this reads like asking well, what do we have to do to get this? What must we do to accomplish what God requires? And Jesus says back, this is what God requires, that you believe in him whom God sent. This is what God requires, that you believe in him whom God sent. We will come back to this because I think it's part of the heart of the message here. But the crowd moves right on past it. They say, well, give us a sign. We want a sign, another one. <laughs> like the manna. Remember in the scriptures, it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And they seem to be drawing a parallel between Jesus and Moses. Well, if Moses was God's agent... And he gave us manna to eat. Well, what's Jesus going to do? He's got to prove he's God's agent. 
think, though, if we read the text closely, if we read what Jesus says, Jesus is not drawing the parallel between himself and Moses. He reminds the crowd that God gave the manna, not Moses. The parallel is between Jesus and manna. God the Father sends Jesus down just like God sent manna as food that endures. So the crowd hearing this, hearing that there is this food that endures all the time, they say, sir, give us this bread all the time. Which also makes sense. If they're hungry and there is a food there that will last forever, they want it right now and all the time. Which is not that different from the ancient Israelites in the wilderness trying to gather more than they need, having trouble trusting that what they need will come each day. And Jesus' response to that is to draw out this parallel between himself and the bread from heaven, between himself and manna. And he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I told you that. You have seen me. And still don't believe. Here we have this word, believe, again. The Greek root here for believe is really important. The New Testament is originally written in Greek, and so sometimes we need to go back and look at, well, what is that word there? What does it mean? And the root here in this verb is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. It's the same word in the sentence that Jesus says when he says, this is what God requires, that you believe in him whom God sent. It's the same root word for believe. And when we hear that in our culture, sometimes it has a certain connotation, believe. It can sometimes mean it's a one-time choice. I make a one-time choice. I say, I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I made that choice. I am done because I believe. Also, in our culture, sometimes it means I believe without any good evidence. I just have blind faith. I believe. Neither of these really carry the full weight of what believe is here. It is so much deeper and more fluid in its meaning. This word, believe, is about faith, about having trust in, faithfulness to, fidelity, loyalty, trustworthiness, to someone, something. 
but it is also about that this faith is based on the reliability of the one you trust in. Well, what does this faith have to do with manna? The Israelites, each and every day in the wilderness, had to trust in God that their needs would be provided for. They had to trust and follow, not just with manna, but the other ways that God led them in the wilderness. They had to be loyal and faithful. And this was not based on them, but based on the reliability of the God that they trusted in. Part of this was that the manna came each and every day. It was reliable. God, out of God's goodness and God's grace, provided for their needs. And they were asked only to trust and believe it would come again. This is a kind of belief, a kind of faith, a kind of trust that takes the totality of ourselves We trust our whole self, our whole well-being to God, as the Israelites did, that the food would come. And that is a way that does align our head knowledge and our choice to believe that is a gift from God, the ability to make that choice, is aligned with our head knowledge, our behavior, our values, our orientation in life. The Israelites were literally oriented towards God, were literally following God in the wilderness. For us, metaphorically, it might be about the guiding principles upon which we make our life choices in our relationships, in our community. The other thing about the manna is Yes, it came to meet the need of each individual. But each individual was asked only to gather what they needed for the day and no more. And there was enough for all. There was care for the individual and care for the community. It was about the well-being of Individual within the group. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And this is what God requires, that you believe in him whom God sent. Trust in and loyalty to God. Just like the Israelites They were not lost in the wilderness. They were not left alone to fend for themselves. The promise here in the scripture, Jesus as the bread of life, is that God will bring people to Jesus and through Jesus to God's self. And whoever comes to Jesus can never be lost. For eternity. started with this crowd that I felt sorry for. (laughs) 
because they were following Jesus just to get some bread. (laughs) It raises a question for us, though. Well, why are we following Jesus? What's that about for us? Are we following as a way to check the box, to earn the points so we can be sure to get our needs met? Or is it something more? Are we working for the food that doesn't last or the food that will endure? We take that metaphor of Jesus as bread of life, and metaphor feels like not enough. I just don't have quite the right, quite the right word for it. But this idea of Jesus as bread of life, like manna come down from heaven, and apply it to our lives today, what do we get? So if we look at our lives as a kind of wilderness, We don't really know exactly where we're going every day. We think we do, but we don't. We know where we've come from. We don't know what's ahead. And sometimes things don't work out as we plan. We have unexpected illnesses. We have unexpected financial and other kinds of issues. We have losses in our relationships, other things like that. Even just going through the stages of life, transitioning from one stage to another, kids growing up, moving from retirement, out of work into retirement. We don't know what to expect. It's a new, a new way of living. Even if we face our own mortality and think about, well, what comes next? That's its own kind of wilderness that we face. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If we're in our life's wilderness, where are we looking for our spiritual nourishment? There's a lot out there competing for our attention. And some of it is good and worthy of paying attention to, and some of it is not. But where is that solid foundation? What is first and foremost? Where are we getting our nourishment each day? That manna came each and every day. It wasn't a one-time choice. It was each and every day. With the totality of ourselves, where are we being nourished? There's a chance each day for prayer, for scripture, for worship, for connecting with the body of Christ. And when we take this nourishment of Jesus as the bread of life in, we are better able to see if our values, our actions, our behaviors are aligned with our faith. The good news is Jesus is the bread of life. And whoever comes to him will never be lost. We are drawn to him by God. 
out of God's goodness and God's grace. And the more we nourish ourselves on God's gift to us in Christ, trusting that this bread of life is available to us each and every day and we will have our fill, the more we trust and believe that God will provide for our own needs and we are nourished, the more we have of ourselves available to work for the well-being of our neighbors.